Smith. This is episode number 33 with my guest Kevin Budnick. He's one of uh, rare few non-performer guests, which I super love because I just happen to know a lot of performers. But um, I met Kevin through being a performer because his publisher, uh, Yeti Press, did an event with uh, the Nerglogs a few months ago. Um, and he's been coming to the Nerglogs Your Stories events pretty much ever since then, so we met at Your Stories. Uh, but Kevin has a publisher because he is a comic artist and illustrator. Um, he does, uh, at this point, he's told me he does three, uh, four panel comics a week. So he writes at least 12 panels of comics a week. Um, and there were times in the past where he's written a comic every day which I think is really cool. Um, so he talked a lot about how uh, cartoons have influenced um, his draw to being a cartoonist and to being an illustrator. So uh, it, it's a really uh, direct example of how he got into what he does now. Um, and it was a lot of fun. There's a lot of nostalgia talk in here uh, that I really appreciated. He wanted... Or, he mentioned this after we recorded. He couldn't remember the name of the woman who voiced Bubbles on Powerpuff Girls, and he remembered it after we finished recording. It is Tara Strong. Uh, so when that comes up, you'll know. Um, yeah, check out the liner notes for any video stuff that we talk about, because I linked a few things there if you want to, um, you know, not have to use Google. Uh, so... Yeah, that was that. It was a really fun conversation. Um, and he is a fan of the show, which is always fun, too. Uh, it's cool to be able to do this. I, I feel like I say that pretty often, but I still mean it. Um, and I'm glad people are still listening to it and enjoying it. Um, yeah. I have some fun guests coming up. I have... It's been a good week uh, in terms of the podcast. I had a couple of people approach me about being on uh, or being suggested by someone else to be a guest, which is cool. So I'm trying to reach outside of just the world of people that I already know, which is uh, a fun, interesting new path for MBSing. Uh, in brunchessing, if you listen to the Julia Weiss episode, is still a decent possibility, so uh, keep that in your um, tucked in your back corner um, <laughs> because it may become a reality. I don't know. Uh, keep listening to your stories and the Nerdlogcast. I've been a part of some really fun episodes for those in the past month or so, and I definitely want to make sure that people who are enjoying this are checking those out too. Uh, also, on the Nerdlogs umbrella of uh, podcasts, we just brought in a new family member, uh, Talking Games with Tim and Clayton. Um, 
is now a Nerdalogs produced podcast. So please check that out, especially if you're a video game person. Uh, I have been on an episode. It was a lot of fun. It was right around the time when I was starting this, so I'm not even sure if I brought it up uh, on there. Um, but I talked about Kingdom Hearts because Kingdom Hearts is great. Oh, we talked about it very briefly before I did the podcast with Alex Talavera a while ago. Um, that I loved Kingdom Hearts and it came up because I had been on Tim and Clayton's podcast. So that was uh, putting it in the MBSing timeline. Uh, but yeah, so check that out. Listen to my episode at least. If you like me, you'll like that. And then maybe you'll like that and you'll like other things. And we'll all have a very Merry Christmas. Uh, <laughs> Reagan Reagan continues on Friday nights at 8 at the One Group Mind Theater at the corner of Newport and Sheffield. Uh, the Nerlogs are working on video projects right now and are kind of taking a small hiatus from live shows, so keep an eye out on video content. Follow us on Vine. I said it. I brought up Vines. Uh, we made some funny ones last weekend. Check them out. Uh, and be prepared for more longer videos. More longer. Uh, yeah. So that's, that's the plugs, I think. And without any further ado, because there's already been a plenty of it, here is MBSing with my good friend Kevin Budnick. Now entering Nerdist.com. Also, there'll be like occasionally Louis Armstrong songs, which I used to really, really love mm -hmm. uh, Louis Armstrong and like the album Hello Dolly. But now I've heard almost every song. I was gonna say, but now that. it's so played out. I know it's such a it's such a bummer because like now I can never listen to that in my spare time. Yeah, and like I, Billie Holiday too. Uh, it's sucks. That's so, <laughs> yeah. terrible. I can't. I guess I've never thought about that. The coffee shop employees must get. It's not really... even that. It's like it's it's, it's to just... fit with the motif of the place so gotcha. it's like supposed to be like this french cafe oh, throwback thing I and it's see. like if i worked at like a cafe in wicker park it would be you know whatever's trendy adult alternative yeah exactly <laughs> or, or like um yeah fun would be playing yeah right right group, right which wouldn't be that pleasant for me either but no. like at least it's it's better than like how many times <laughs> can you hear uh somewhere like... beyond the sea yeah but in french <laughs> Because I swear to God, that plays at least four times a day. Uh, that's the thing about Pandora is that, like, I think that the, uh, you know, Matrix or whatever decides what songs play. There's an algorithm. And you algorithm, can, you can that's figure what I was it looking out. for. Yeah. You can, you, once, you, once you figure it out, and actually, I think, like, when I can tell when my iPod's about to break because I feel like <laughs> Shuffle starts to, to let you in on what it's doing. Really? Shuffle starts to, like, show its cards and, like, I'll play this song again after this other song because that's what I did last time I did it. Because that's I think so I'm funny. Clever, like, and it's like, oh, you're, you're dumb. You're dying. This. Like you're, 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 you don't know what you're doing yeah, with yourself. Exactly. Yeah, when I was, uh, my first job in Chicago, I just sat at a desk all day, and I didn't have to use a phone or anything, so I just had headphones in all the time. Mm -hmm. So I listened to, uh, 
they blocked all the streaming radios, so I couldn't listen to Pandora. Mm-hmm. But I just so I mostly listened to my own music all the time, and I just didn't have enough so that listening to okay. eight hours of music a day yeah. at least mm-hmm. was you know different enough because you go through that. I, I just don't have that much music, right, you know? Yeah. Eight hours a day over the course of a month, even, for for my limited music catalog, which is, I got so exhausted of it. So that was when I, how I got into podcasts in the first place, because I was so, like, this is a realm of I know. endless possibility. Yeah, It's really intimidating, too. It is. It totally is. I When I start a new podcast, it's exciting, but at the same time, so daunting. Well, I think, like... I, they each have to fill kind of a role in yes. like they have to they have to be a substitute for something else in your life yeah. that you are really into like huh. like like there are all categories categories uh-huh. like there's there's like video game podcasts mm-hmm. and then there are like like spoken word podcasts mm-hmm. like I'll listen to the moth but only if I'm feeling like listen like Moth-y. feeling mothy <laughs> yeah, yeah right right I'm right. feeling like I kind of want to hear some people like open up but in a live setting uh-huh. and like kind of like the intro you can always hear like there's like a train or a car driving by or something uh-huh. it's like I feel like kind of I'm walking alone like in the you're city out. yeah yeah like, cool I I think I need to get better at that diversify I feel like I've been a comedy podcast junkie for a while, and I branched out. Uh, comedy Bang Bang, okay. Doug Loves Movies, okay. uh, The Nerdist. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm really into The Nerdist right I'll, now. Yeah, I'm, into the Nerdist. I'm I'm almost caught up. We can on just the talk Nerdist. about podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> I probably could. Yeah, uh, I, I'm almost caught up on The Nerdist. Um, you made it weird is another one I like. I just started okay. listening to Call Chelsea Peretti, uh, and I'm still. I think she's hilarious, mm-hmm. but I'm kind of lukewarm on the uh, structure of it. Okay, I don't just, know that one as she much. Takes, just because I'm not super into Chelsea Peretti. Right. She takes callers uh, like during a certain time and just puts out the recordings of her interacting with random callers. Yeah. Uh, it, it, yeah, I imagine that can still be really funny, but it also, like, did they, I, they edited it probably. Yes. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a bunch and they cut down. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's interesting. I mean, I've only listened to, like, five, I think, so I'm definitely willing to get deeper into the catalog, because I'm sure she's worked out, you know, this works and this doesn't. Yeah. This is more interesting to listen to than this is. Because yeah. every once in a while, someone will introduce something as a topic of conversation that's just bonkers, oh, okay. and she loves it, so... It's like the wacky morning, like, radio DJ Yeah, thing, kind like, of. Somebody calls in, and then yeah. this, this caller is clearly, like, batshit crazy. Yeah, it is kind <laughs> of... It's like that, but in a more... It's like a more controlled environment. It's not just, like everyday schmoes is people yeah, who are... Yeah, because it's people who know. Right. right. It's people who are fans of Chelsea mm-hmm. Peretti for the most part. Uh, it, it's interesting. I like it. That's another... But, that goes back to what we were saying earlier about like people responding and wanting to be a part of what you're doing. Yes. Kind of. Absolutely. Yeah. It's cool because she... She is absolutely creating a thing just based around people who want to interact yeah. with her. <laughs> it's like, let's all meet up at this yeah. place and this time, yeah. and then people will just have to deal with it. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, yeah, those are those are the main ones. I like Erin uh, McGathy has a podcast called This yeah, Feels I Terrible. Yeah, I love This Feels Terrible, yeah. It's great. Uh, I just listened to Guy Friends. Like, Guy Friends was ago. great. That was a good one. I liked it a lot. Uh, I was bummed. 
Well, she was. She kind of took a hiatus towards the end of well, last they were year in Scotland. Scotland. Yeah. I've, I've been into Harmontown for a really long. I time. need. I think I need to listen to Harmontown. Yeah. I, I I got into her podcast before I started listening to Harmontown. Oh, so. see, I was the opposite. Yeah, was I, I figured that's probably yeah. most people's trajectories. Right. Uh, but yeah, that, that's. And then I have. I listen to a film podcast. Um, improvised Star Trek, like I mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple of other, I, I go in and out on others, but those are my like mainstays. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, shall we? Yes. Let's less. do this. Uh, <laughs> my guest today is Kevin Budnick. Uh, he's going to be, yeah. <laughs> you may have already been hearing my voice if we, yeah, we've yep. been recording this entire time. <laughs> That's always Only another. for a few minutes. Another typical podcast <laughs> We're t- it's very meta. We're yeah, talking know. about podcasts. I love being meta. That's all po- I do. Because yeah. like, you do I doing comics right. about myself. Yes. So yeah. To, perfect. Yeah. What's the name of your? Well, okay. My uh, it depends. My book slash like that's what my ongoing project of daily comics is called. Our ever improving living room. Our ever improving living room. Yeah. Nice. Thanks. That's yeah. awesome. It came to me once, and I was like, this is a really good title. I kind of need to use this for something. Yeah. And then it just came around. So, cool. Yeah. Uh, you are going to be talking about... Uh, cartoons? Cartoons yeah. in general? Yeah. Nicktoons, maybe? Nicktoons, yeah. More specifically? Specifically. Well, because uh, I was like, I'm, I'm really like in this point in my life where I kind of am, am like... I don't watch a lot of TV. I don't mm-hmm. see a lot of like new movies unless there's something like like I'll I won't go to the theater just because I don't know uh, I don't know why <laughs> no reason I can't get a reason but like um when like when things will come out like super late I'll mm-hmm. I'll just always I'm I'm in no rush like mm-hmm. uh so I'm really like rediscovering my things I used to watch and uh-huh. like my childhood is a huge point of writing for me like I always write and think about like memories and stuff and that was some of the most comforting things to me when I was absolutely was like, yeah I've been drawing since I was little and uh yeah why don't you uh talk a little bit about the fact that you are okay yeah an okay so um artist. yeah so I'm a cartoonist and uh let's see I've been uh, it's been about like I think my first book came out a year or two ago at this point. Oh, and, and was that through Yeti Press? Yeah, that okay. was the this is big. I did a, a three hundred sixty five day uh, journal comic where I did cool. a four panel strip every day for a year. That's awesome! What a cool like <laughs> way to keep yourself honest. Yeah, and... it's really backbreaking too. It's yeah, because well, I was starting. I went to Columbia College right. in Chicago, and I, I grew up in Chicago, and. Uh, I don't know if I realized that. Yeah, and um, did you live like within the city? Mm-hmm. I lived in Rogers Park. Cool, yeah, that's awesome. Sheridan and Chase. Uh, yeah, and that's also a big thing that I write about too. Is like growing up in the city and like, like. I'm all- sure it'd be a completely different, uh, you know, way to grow up. It's- I grew up in a small town in South Carolina, and it was nothing like right. <laughs> growing up yeah. in Chicago. When did you move here? Uh, a little over three years ago. Okay, yeah. so how was like, was that what's what was the acclimation like? Where did you uh, first move when you lived here? Like, where did you I land? lived in Albany Park. It's okay, near, yeah, yeah, no, I like Albany Park. It's Me nice. too. It was. A, I think it was a really kind of perfect place mm-hmm. to move first because it didn't. It didn't feel like a lot of the other, you know, really 
your wicker parks and lake views and things like that. It's a very it's, it's a hard to get to, so it's it, less mm-hmm. gentrifiable. Mm-hmm. You can't yeah. really put a lot of like clubs and bars there. Right. But it's also really um it's 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 like part of that Chicago thing where it's pretty segregated based yes. on income and like families. Yeah. So it's a lot I, of small families. Mm-hmm. I read while I lived there that it's considered the most diverse neighborhood mm-hmm. in Chicago. So they said they said that about Rogers Park once upon a time. Too, really? Actually. Yeah. It was just it was cool because there was a lot of like like you said there weren't too many bars or anything like that. Yeah. But if I was you know going out, I would usually meet people somewhere mm-hmm. you know. It's like just a little east more of, centrally of located, you, I guess, right? Or mm-hmm. like you could you could get to were you off like Foster or something? Uh, I was off um more off the Brown Line like uh. Kedzie, Francisco oh, area. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Cool. Um, but it was cool. It was, it was, it felt very neighborhoody mm-hmm. as opposed to big city. So That's I think it was a good introduction. I love so much about Chicago. It's, mm-hmm. it's, there are small pockets of neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Know. And there was definitely that. We lived in the bottom floor of a duplex like this place is mm-hmm. too. So I've definitely prefer that to, I think I'd prefer that to living in like a high rise or. Mm-hmm. A big apartment complex. Yeah, like when you said growing up in the city must have been like kind of like different, but I'm mm-hmm. sure it is like compared to living in a small town, but right. it also didn't feel that big. Like cool. the world was fairly small. Yeah. Like I, I went to grade school down the street from my apartment. Oh, cool. And my mom worked at a bar that was right across the street from our apartment. Cool. Yeah. So you had like a little world. It was like a little tiny like square box or like uh-huh. triangle. And where in that do you think your uh, love of cartoons Drawing came cartoons. in? Yeah. Well, I, I think it was like, um, I don't know. I was never really like into sports when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Like, I had... I was kind of, well, I'm an only child, so uh, I, I didn't really have a lot of other kids to play with mm-hmm. when I was, like, really little in grade school and stuff. Mm-hmm. I had a few best friends in the, in the building, but um, we were also from, like, different kind of, like, backgrounds. Mm-hmm. Like, I, my best friend, his name was Farid, and he was... Um, like very traditional Yugoslavian family. Cool. Yeah, and so it was really cool. We yeah. Would go over and and it would be like all these foods that I'm like six years old and I'm I'm like trying like kiwi and goat cheese and I'm like oh what is this? Yeah. So I'm I like where's Lunchables? That's and, awesome. Yeah, it was, it was pretty neat. But then also like there were no there were no like sports teams at my grade school. Mm-hmm. So we didn't. I wasn't. I was never like forced into anything because mm-hmm. my parents have always wanted me to kind of pursue my own passion. It just sort sure. of happens that like I've always liked drawing. I've always like some of my earliest memories um, were you know watching cartoons and trying to draw like what the cartoon. That's looks awesome. Like. Yeah. And actually, I talked about uh, on Sawyer's podcast. I talked mm-hmm. about um, how there was OC this, Dweeb. Yeah, shout OC out. Dweeb. Shout <laughs> out to Sawyer Hepes. 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 I think. Hepes. Yeah. An interesting pronunciation. And yeah, it's H E P P E S. Yes, yeah, uh-huh. uh, and yeah, and so there was this cartoon that I used to watch, and I remember being in kindergarten and trying to draw it for my friends, mm-hmm. like drawing the characters, but I couldn't get their arms to go down, I get their <laughs> arms to bend. So it was like it was infinitely frustrating. <laughs> um, and then, like I also used to trace old Calvin and Hobbes strips out of 
uh, these books that I had when I was a kid. I had this really old collection. Uh, I think it was like the first Calvin and Hobbes collection they put out. Um, it's just called Calvin and Hobbes. And I actually, like, if I go back to my parents' house, I could probably find it. But I, I tried to paint to color it. Oh, really? And I tried to paint in it to color it. Because I'm uh-huh. like, it's not color like the ones in the newspaper. Oh. Like, so I tried it. Because it was like weekly black and white strips. And right, like, right, 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 right. Like um, uh. <laughs> yeah, so I've always just been like, I would see art and, and comics and cartoons and want to do that. And I That's wanted cool. to be an animator and I wanted to... That's really cool. Yeah. Uh, what did you go to school for at Columbia? Illustration. Just illustration? Yeah, cool. general illustration. Um, I, there was a point somewhere along the line where I figured like it would be more kind of like akin to what I wanted to do to pursue illustration because I, I didn't really have like big dreams of being like a painter or mm-hmm. like a sculptor. And that I makes also, perfect sense. Exactly. And like I also didn't um, see myself going into animation mm-hmm. specifically because I don't know, I guess discovering all the people who did like creative work for the cartoons that I've loved so much. Mm-hmm. Did, it, that didn't come till much a little bit later. Like, I, you know, you kind of you get to a point. Like when I was probably in college, and I started realizing, like, oh, you know, um, like John K. Who John Christopher Lucy, who created Ren and Stimpy. Okay. He is also like a very accomplished illustrator. Interesting. And like that drawing style is that's like the, right or Joel Murray, uh, who you know drew Rocko's Modern Life or cool. Like, but it was the creator, and, you know, and like, that's those something guys that you don't think about. That. Yeah, until and, yeah, I, I I think I could relate to that because I didn't really get into say film and uh, you know actors and that side of the things I liked, and you know I I have been performing in community theater since mm-hmm. I was four or so. Yeah. But I didn't really get into the the background of knowledge of it until I was in I guess I was a like a sophomore in college. Yeah. So I can totally relate to that. Either either my freshman or sophomore year is really when I started being more critical of film right. and paying attention to which directors I liked and uh which actors I liked and things like that. And uh I just think I, I, yeah, I totally relate to that. You don't think about what's behind it. You just think, man, I love this thing. Right. You just like what you like. Mm-hmm. And that's, and that's like a really simple and childlike thing. It is. Yeah. I don't have to think too hard. And I think that's part of why I, I dig cartoons so much is uh-huh. because it takes me back to this place where I didn't have to think so much about what it, it's kind of like, it's, it's this weird, like regression and numbing of mm-hmm. the senses. Like I just, this is, this is like. I know this. This, mm-hmm. this feels like home. Mm-hmm. And, like, I don't have to explain why it's good. Yeah. I just, like, that's, that's, it's, like, it's, it, it's art to yeah, me. Yeah, it feels good. You know, yeah. like, it just feels good. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I, I, I totally understand that emotion. Um, who, I mean, you mentioned uh, Brandon Stimpy, Rocco's Modern Life. What are, what are some of your other... Favorites. What are things that you go find yourself going back to all the time? Uh, well, okay, so I just 
like this week finished the complete series of Ariel Monsters and Angry uh, Beavers. Nice. Which I got for Christmas. That's great. <laughs> yeah, and uh, so I watched those all the way through, like kind of marathoning them. And I can't imagine oh, revisiting so stuff like good, that. Uh, yeah. Some of it doesn't hold up. Like uh-huh. you'll be surprised, like which shows are different to you when you rewatch them, and mm-hmm. you're like, I don't remember that at all. Or like, oh my god, I remember exactly yeah. where I was when I first saw. I that. bet you're absolutely right because yeah. I was a big Nicktoons kid mm-hmm. growing up as well um and I watched uh I watched a couple of episodes of Hey Arnold mm-hmm. uh over either Thanksgiving or Christmas uh, cause I was at my aunt and uncle's house and most of my extended family just you know ends up going to bed right. before I do and I usually sleep on the couch in the living yeah, room yeah they so. put it on Teen Nick yeah. now it's like yes. late at Nick at night yep. or not Nick at night uh uh, the 90s. The 90s yes. are all Oh, that's another thing, is it's so interesting how the 90s have become, like, this thing. Now, I like, totally agree nostalgia. with you. We should absolutely Yeah, we need to cover that for sure. That. Yeah, 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 because I think that's totally, totally pertinent. And it's also getting to that breaking point. I think, mm-hmm. I think our generation is, like, we started that by saying, like, remember the 90s, guys? Like, remember yeah. Ecto Cooler? <laughs> And now we're like... Remember the aggro crag? Yeah. Now we're like really kind of getting burned out. It's becoming... I'm I'm starting to think... Because I've like genuinely kept up and enjoyed animation as long as I can. Mm -hmm. can. And I'm not like... This isn't me like airing my... Right. It's just like... Yeah. No, I get it, man. great. Like, where have you been? Did you guys forget that? (laughs) Yeah. That's how I feel about... This is probably a random thing. About Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. The cartoon or the movie? uh, Or both? Or all? Kind of all, but mostly just... No, just all of it. Just just like the idea. Because I feel like there was a big time where it, it kind of... It's had absolutely a resurgence. Yep. Like so, there's a new. Do you watch the? There's a new. Show. I don't. I've I never. Don't watch it I've I'm watched. Not really into computer animated stuff. Yes, I saw one episode on a plane because it was just like on a free preview yeah, thing or whatever, okay. and I was like, oh, yeah, I might as well check this out. It's something I loved as a kid, and the the writing was interesting, mm-hmm. and the like computer aspect of it was interesting, but I couldn't see myself getting really into right. it. It's too different from what you remember. It's the very show as different. Being. But I just it seems like there was a time where I was still like I've had Ninja Turtle t shirts and like fucking <laughs> okay. slipper socks and shit like that yeah. for my whole life. Like while you know, in high school, in college and I feel like at those times there was still a nostalgia attached to it. Yeah. And and in kind of a uniqueness. But at this point it seems like a trendy thing to be yeah. into, if that makes sense. No, it changed when they started selling them as graphic tees. Like yeah, right, <laughs> right. And like those were things I owned from that were like hard to find. Yeah. I remember know? wanting to find like um, when I was little, I would always want like a, a, a like an action figure of like uh-huh. Rocco. And yeah, they actually they had a Viacom store downtown oh, Chicago cool. on Michigan Avenue, and it closed down like after a year. Oh no! Yeah, but I like still have a, a Rocco toy That's from awesome. that. Yeah, and like you couldn't find licensed merchandise for Nicktoons yeah. because they just for some reason it was I don't know why I just I, couldn't. Yeah, maybe I didn't it try doesn't really make sense. <laughs> it was always that they wouldn't McDonald's capitalize place. on that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. I still, I still have Ninja Turtle T-shirts yeah. and 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 pillows. That's the thing is, you'll still love stuff. it, no yeah. matter what. But it just seems like 
less of a niche thing to be into now. You can just be more bitter at the other people and mm. get that kind of like nerd rage of yeah. like, I found it first. Right, right. I've loved it this whole time. Yeah. Why? How did You're you posers. forget? Yeah. Um, Who's your favorite Ninja Turtle? Raphael. Damn, yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> did you, alright, another, like, uh, bit of, like, I was really into cartoon voices mm-hmm. when I got to, to, like, there was actually when Futurama started, and mm-hmm. I was really into Futurama, uh, I learned about, like, Billy West and, mm-hmm. um, uh, John John DiMaggio. Yeah, yeah was, his name was escaping me. He's great. He's incredible. Chase He's so great. Yeah. Uh, that's the thing is, I learned about those guys, and I was like, oh, who are they? And then I learned, like, through listening to the commentaries on those DVDs, cool. I was like, they did all these other things, like, like Billy West is Doug. Oh, yeah. cool! I and never realized that. That's Fry. Fry from Futurama is Doug. And oh uh, man, I never put that together. And going back to the the Ninja Turtle thing, like that. This little nugget of trivia that is in my brain. Uh, Raphael on the like the new Ninja Turtle mm-hmm. cartoon show is voiced by Rob Paulson, who was Yakko Warner and Pinky from Pinky and the Brain. Oh, yeah, he's been on uh, the Nerdist before. I yeah, think. He, he and Maurice LaMarche. Yes, friends. that episode. episode is amazing. Very good episode. It's so good. Did you ever see the video from Emerald City Comic Con? I don't There's, think so. Oh my god, it's great. Okay, so it's a panel discussion, uh, but they read, like, the first half of, or maybe even all, because I haven't gotten through the whole thing, it's like 45 minutes long, the screenplay to uh, Empire Strikes Back. Or no, maybe it's, is it Empire? Nah. It's either that or it's, or it's uh, One of the A New other Hope. Yeah. original. But it's like, it's it's Billy West, it's Rob Paulson, it's Marisa Marsh. It's the guy who did the voice of Batman on Batman the Animated Series. Okay. <laughs> uh, and Tress McNeil, I, or no, um, who is uh, Bubbles from the Powerpuff Girls? She's also oh, Timmy gosh. Turner in Fairly Odd Parents. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, but like, it's all of them, and they That's... all like are assigned parts. So they'll do it like he'll read uh, the Job of the Hut as Bender. Oh my god! Yeah. That's it's so so cool. entertaining. It's What's on YouTube. It? Emerald City. Emerald City Comic Con. I don't know what year it was. Uh, I'll, I should be able to find it. Come, yeah. Um, it's incredibly entertaining. Yeah, I'll put it in the like liner notes yeah. for the uh, podcast. That is so cool. Uh, you know, I can't... I think it's already been released on like VOD, so I should try to figure out... Maybe it'll be on Netflix or something. Uh, John DiMaggio directed... That, yeah. mm-hmm. What's it? I really want to see it. It's, uh, I know that voice. I know that voice. I think voice. it's supposed to come out this month. Like, right around now, actually. Yeah, Let's I think you're that. right. I think you're right. So, check out I Know That Voice, because it's basically all this stuff yeah, I'm tying together and you'll, loose Yeah, you'll, you'll, be, you'll freak out. You'll, yeah. You'll, your brain will explode when the, you learn um, that, like, all these people who do all the things that you've loved growing uh, up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the, um... Voice of Patty Mayonnaise. I don't know the. She's on name. Orange Is the New Black. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Which and, I I haven't watched Orange Is the New Black. Oh, it's, it's great. One of those things where like I'll see it eventually. Uh huh. <laughs> uh huh. That's how I felt about it too. And uh, my roommate and I try to we'll we'll pick a show and just like watch the whole thing together. Uh-huh. And both of us might be like on our own time watching something else. Right. But we like wait for one another to That's watch good. that one I, show. Uh, one of my best friends who I used to live with, we did that with Six Feet Under. Oh, I saw the first season or so. Uh-huh. I really love um the actor 
on that who's also on um, Parenthood. I can't think of his name. Yeah, Nate from Six Feet Under is his yeah. name. We always uh, just thought, oh, it's Nate. Yeah, he's he's a really, I think I just think he's a really yeah, solid he's a actor. Yeah, good actor. Uh, who hasn't gotten too much, like, recognition. I think, like, he might be one of those guys who kind of picks and chooses, too. Mm-hmm. Like, you might be right, because he doesn't show up in too many like, things. Some people are just kind of, like, really content picking really solid roles and kind mm-hmm. of flying under the radar. Yeah, and I mean, Six Feet Under and Parenthood are both shows that have, yeah, like, Parenthood's supposed to be excellent, great following. Right? It is. I've seen, I haven't seen much of this season, but past season's really solid, and he and gets to do some cool, cast like, and, mm-hmm, like that. Mm-hmm. and they all get to do some pretty cool, like, heavy lifting cool. uh, roles. Um... Uh, you mentioned, so you just revisited, uh, Our Real Monsters and oh, yeah. was the other ang- <laughs> Angry Beavers. Beavers. Yeah. Um, what do you think, what are some of the most intriguing things to you as a cartoonist? Like, I feel like you have to watch those kinds of things differently. Yeah, definitely. Good question. Um, it's, it's, it's you pick up on so much more mm-hmm. that you never noticed because you were you were just... I mean, maybe when you're a kid, you see that stuff and you don't recognize why it's interesting to you because I haven't gone to art school and having looked at so much stuff and right. having to figure out how to compose an image and how to compose a panel of comics mm-hmm. and, like, how cartoons are made with storyboards and background animations. Mm-hmm. Like, I look at that stuff a lot more now and I'm like, wow, look at, like, the way that they draw trees. Yeah. It's this really specific way that they draw trees in Our Real Monsters. Cool. And it's, it's like, they look like these weird potatoes with hair on them. <laughs> in certain episodes and I was like that's so cool and interesting and I never noticed that before but sometimes I'll see stuff like that in my own drawings and I'm I'm like learning how the things I've grown up looking at are affecting yeah exactly they affect the way you draw stuff that's awesome I feel like that happens a lot with perform with like live performance Mm -hmm. too of you internalize things that you like watching performers do and uh, don't even realize that it's affecting you. So I think it's important to check in with the things that like inspire yeah. you. <laughs> yeah, you definitely need to to catch yourself when you're doing it because you wanna you wanna like make sure that you can do like a good homage or mm-hmm. like like what's working, mm-hmm. what's not working, or or um, yeah, I guess I guess like this is really cool looking. Like, mm-hmm. I'm really glad that I learned mm-hmm. how to do this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, uh, I, when I was revisiting, uh, Hey Arnold for the first time in a long time, I, it was an episode, uh, with, it was one of the baseball-centered episodes. Was it, like, Mickey Kaline? Yeah, yeah. Mickey Kaline had his last game. He was yeah. retiring. Hey, kid. Uh-huh, hey, Ever kid. tell you about the time I... <laughs> yeah. yeah, and I, they uh, throw a toss the ball uh-huh. back and forth at the end it's of the where, episode. That's where Arnold catches the ball, right? Yes. And he goes and gives it to him, because it yeah, was, like, the, the last... End. Yeah, because mm-hmm. he gets really sad. It's, yep. like, a really dark... Kind of... Exactly, yeah. exactly. And, and I don't think... And, like, at the time I watched Hey Arnold and when it was really, like, my favorite... That was probably my favorite cartoon. Yeah. Like, for a little while. Because I think they just created really realistic yeah. uh It's got situations. really human emotions. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And, like, um, and I just... I think at the time I didn't realize how telling that was about the things that I liked mm-hmm. creatively. Yeah. You know? And now... It, it it's still true, you right. know that I I love I really cling to really uh, you know 
things that I think are are kind retellings yeah. of, of of simple stories. Uh, well, it's it's like it's it's interesting because it's it's a, it's just a really well written script. Yes, yeah. it's like one episode of that show can take you from like, yes. Like a joke about Grandpa Phil using the bathroom uh-huh. to like you know Mickey Kaline's it's his last game like he's, yeah he's only known baseball yeah and like this is his life and he and gets Arnold is gonna do this really yeah yeah he gets he gets sad and then Arnold is watching it and realizing yeah. you know it's a serious moment in that kid's life right. that kids really do go through uh-huh. it's not just like silly and there are silly rompy that's the know. thing is there are certain episodes of that show mm-hmm. that are total larks uh-huh. like total silly fun uh-huh and, and there yeah i think it was just really really spot on of the creators to throw in some sincere moments in there i think i understand why that part in animation is like such a renaissance at least in my brain mm-hmm. and it's because like there I, there was a time in the 80s when cartoons were just like really um they were like quest oriented like oh yeah like each episode was just like we're gonna fight a battle and sure. that's it sure and and the animation was really flat and it was all like like the most they're the least amount of frames as they could afford like what like he-man okay and like okay and it's like all kind of super thundercats. campy yeah thundercats and um like even though even some of the lesser like remembered ones like like the there you'll always see those th- those lists on BuzzFeed. Like, oh yeah, sure. Remember sure. these cartoons that didn't exist, which is or like that did exist, like the biggest. The Globetrotters had a show, right? Right. Which, yeah, that's which is the biggest culprit for, of a, for a second. Yeah. People yeah, hating BuzzFeed the... is the reason why nineties <laughs> nostalgia is is going to become a problem. Yes, yeah. I agree. I totally agree. Um. Yeah, and then so so before that, that's so interesting. I never would have thought about that. Yeah, that's, that's so true. Well, but before that, it was like Looney Tunes mm-hmm. and 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 Chuck Jones and Tex Avery, and those were all kind of like homage cartoons. Like, what is Chuck? What are Chuck Jones and uh, Tex Avery, Tex Avery responsible for? Uh, if you ever, you know the, the the wolf character whose tongue rolls out and his eyes get really big uh-huh. whenever he sees the like foxy redhead. Mm-hmm. Those are like Tex Avery shows. They're like Droopy Dog. Oh, cool, cool, um, cool. Hanna Barbera. Hanna Barbera the too. They're time. all very like, like um, each character is a caricature of a famous actor. So oh, it's a lot of yeah, yeah. It's a lot of parody. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's funny because I don't know if you listened to that one yet, but Rob Grabowski. Um, talked about pop culture on yeah, the podcast. Yeah, I, I did, yeah. And he mentioned that that was one of the ways that he got into pop culture, was mm-hmm. watching those kinds of cartoons. I was, I was yes-ending him. Yeah. I, was, I was like, yeah. Yeah, yeah I did that too. That's exactly right. That's yeah. awesome. That's so cool. So you notice, like, there'll be, there, there'll be like, Daffy Duck will, will be, there's an, there's a, a, a Halloween special where Daffy Duck is, like, singing about monsters or something like that, and all the characters in the show are, like, uh, Universal Monsters, like the Bride of Frankenstein is there, or like Peter Lorre is there, and you don't know it's Peter Lorre, right. you just think it's a caricature of a dude with really big lips and eyes, and, right. and slick back hair, and then you find out it's it's Peter Lorre when you later see a Peter Lorre movie right. as a 24-year-old. Right, know? right, right. That's so cool. Yeah. Uh, that the progression went that way. So, uh, what do you think, do you think there's anything to like pinpoint that kind of brought on that 90s I don't know. revolution. I, I think like I think it was it was kind of that. Gosh, there was a 
there's just like creators who are really into I see I th- there's there's this book out right now it's called Slimed. Oh yeah. The oral history of Nickelodeon. Uh-huh. Um and I started reading it and it's actually it's very interestingly written cuz it's like boilerplate questions and then they'll just do like it's almost like a script like uh it'll say like Danny Tamborelli said this and uh-huh. then it's like this on it's just like meandering conversation that yeah. you can tell was taken and called from different interviews mm-hmm. yeah I have an oral history of uh Saturday Night Live it's kind of so the same idea I'm sure yeah similar. um but they they um they had this panel discussion that they did on like live stream mm-hmm. and they were talking about that and they said you know, there was kind of an anti, like a rebellion to that 80s style of cartoon making. Interesting. These creators were doing these things and they were also really into alternative comedy and, oh, and stuff like that. Oh, cool. And, and they wanted, they were trying to get these jokes past the censors because back then, <laughs> yeah. you know, cartoons were kind of this new. Like, you could... Well, Nickelodeon was a brand new baby network. And yeah. And they didn't know what it, it was originally going to be, like, this really boring educational station. Yeah. And then they came along with all these shows that were somehow just, like, all at the right... They all hit at the right time. Uh-huh. But they were all being made by these people who who knew how to talk to kids. And when you talk... When you make things for kids, you got to remember, don't condescend to them. Yeah. Because kids can tell when they're being lied to, and they can tell when they're being talked down to. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why... Doug and Hey Arnold and and Ren and Stimpy to mm-hmm. a more like absurd yeah and that was what's good what's so great about Ren and Stimpy is it's like you know it's you know you're not supposed to be watching it yeah and you don't even I know think why Rocco's Modern Life kind yeah. of bled into that as well yeah it's got some really famous like uh, bits of like lewdness yeah and, like, uh, phone some nipples thing. of the future yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> choky chicken is the name of the restaurant oh yeah yeah, yeah. and they I change it in later airings that. they changed it to like uh something else i think i've heard of something another show that that had to change content uh-huh. before as well possibly spongebob that's got some dirty stuff really too. yeah which is still on the air apparently <laughs> Uh, like new episodes? Yes, yeah, like brand huh. new episodes. I had no idea until God, I it has to have been seasons upon seasons. It's maybe t- like 20 years almost. Maybe. No. Like seems 15. Like too long. 15 seems... I feel seems... like I might have been like right around 10. Yeah, 15 seems more, yeah. more accurate. But still, that's insane. Still, that's long, <laughs> long. I never really... I think Spongebob was just slightly like... I had aged out of Same. it. Same. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but it seems like I still had contemporaries who were fans of it, and I was just like, uh, I, just I know can't a handful of people it. who are still still think it's really great, and I I I don't dislike SpongeBob, but I also only was into it for you know maybe a few seasons, right. and then I kind of got you know. I probably just grew up. And aged like, up. Yeah. yeah, aged up. I don't know. But yeah. then but then it's also interesting the ones like you go back to when mm-hmm. you when you kinda want that regression and SpongeBob isn't one of them. I think it's because it was on that cusp. I think I would totally agree with you. Like, uh what do you think the do you watch any newer cartoons? Yeah, I'm really into Adventure Time. Oh yeah. I think sure. a lot of cartoonists right now, even the ones who who aren't into Adventure Time, kind of like We'll look at it and say like, "Oh wow, that looks really different than than what's on TV right now." Yeah, because there are actually a lot of uh, indie cartoonists who do uh, 
story art for that. They cool. They create character designs, and they're they have a comic book series that comes out. Um, there's there's a few different ones actually. They have like side side stories, and it'll do like little six issue um, like mini arcs. Mm-hmm. But they'll a lot of times they'll have a guest strip in the back, like a two or three yes. guest strip. But it's done by a well known indie artist that cool. they'll ask to do that. Um, or like the the um, alternate covers, mm-hmm. like the uh, there'll be like four covers a month, and then oh, they'll do sure, like, sure, they'll sure. do the A cover, the B cover, the C cover, the D cover, and like the C cover, D cover are always like there's no title on the front, and they're always like full sp- splash page of animation. And it's cool. always like it's really cool illustration. That's awesome. Yeah. Do you keep up with? Do you like buy those? Do you keep up with strips? What I, kind of strips? After do you keep I up started, with? after I started watching Adventure Time, and I noticed that they had these the comics, and I was originally started buying them for the the back strips, and uh-huh. now I just like I'm I'm also like a collector, like I can't do anything halfway. Yeah, like I need to, <laughs> even if it's not a particularly good story arc, or uh-huh. like the you know even if like it's not that visually stimulating to mm-hmm. me because the main the main storyline like the main chunk of the book is uh, is funny and like it's very true to the the show mm-hmm. but it's not as animated cuz it's drawing it's, right, right, it's right. just still pictures mm-hmm. so that i think one thing that's so good about adventure time is how how spastic the animation yeah, is yeah i totally can see that uh i've watched a decent amount of adventure time as well I, is there anything else that really compares to that do you think that's a direction that animation could be going in are these really like i see a, a kind of a resurgence of that kind of like idea of because that was a little when bit you of about absurdity yeah but also with like really intense oh, kind yeah. of like upset like emotion yeah i watched an episode of adventure time where uh i can't remember what who got mad at who what either jake got mad at finn for like hanging out with a girl and, oh, well, been... no, he started hanging... There's an episode where Jake's girlfriend, Lady Rainicorn, and Finn start hanging out. Yes, And they yeah. become friends. That and was Jake it. Jake gets really jealous. Yes, yeah. that was absolutely it. Yeah. And I was like, man, this is such a realistic situation. Yeah. Like, this happens all the time. <laughs> exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that was one of the first... I had seen a few episodes of Adventure Time before that, and I saw that one, and I was like, wow, okay, yeah. you got me. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's the thing, is it's it's very, it's it's similar in tone to the stuff that we remember, mm-hmm. I think. That's a really good point, and not really something that I would have thought about specifically. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, gosh. Okay, so, on the topic of um, comics that exist as cartoons and vice versa, okay. um how do you feel about um i mean something that came to mind was scott pilgrim but i guess that didn't get turned into a cartoon that got turned you know it was a, it live was action. A, it was a graphic novel first right 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 yeah which i use the term graphic novel loosely because i don't really <laughs> like when they describe a lot of comics as graphic novels i prefer kind of like because comics is is not an insulting word mm-hmm. some people think it sounds like kind of childish and they prefer to dress it up with graphic novels to make people is buy there, them in stores is there some post is there technically a difference uh not i guess a hundred percent but like i think when i think of graphic novels i think of like that describes a specific style like it's very like hard angles yeah very like boldly shadowed Mm -hmm. it's kind of more like um like more dynamic like 
Jack Kirby style drawings. Okay. Jack Kirby's like if anybody listening to the podcast knows <laughs> like like original like superhero stuff. Okay, cool. Um, or like heroic, kind of more heroic style of gotcha. comic drawing. Gotcha. Uh, well, how do you do? You ever see yourself doing animation? I know you said you kind I would, of a desire. I would absolutely do like like background animations for any animation. I'm that's the thing is I've tried to to work. Um, some of the like programs, like the Flash programs and stuff, mm-hmm. and it's it takes a long time. Really, and I I have the patience to sit down and draw like strips mm-hmm. and stuff, but to like to do the drawings for the animations is is a different thing. It's a different mental process. For yeah, me, and I don't know if I could do that, but I would love to do like character development and stuff like that. That'd that be seems awesome. Infinitely fun, and that's the what you're exploring with the. Back pages of Adventure yeah, Times, right? Yeah, kind of. Yeah, I would. Oh my god, I would kill to do one of those. That'd be so cool. That's like a that's like a life goal. That's awesome. Yeah. It's cool to have stuff like that, though. Yeah. Um. So, uh, you, you what's your relationship with Yeti Press? Yeti Press put out um all of the books that I've published at this point, like the ones that are like holy mine. And how many? That's three. That's awesome. So yeah, so there's the. The first one, the 365 collection, our ever improving living room, mm-hmm. and then just last month uh, were dust motes part one and two, which is re- immediately after our ever improving living room, I started doing like a, a weekly strip instead of a daily. Like mm-hmm. I broke it down to doing three, four panel strips a week. Okay, a twelve panel every Sunday, mm-hmm. um, and that was that was more like kind of like each one be like sort of thematic but as I started looking back at them I realized like they tell this kind of overarching story when you pair them with these strips that I was doing Mm because I took a little break for a little while and I wasn't drawing comics as regularly or like every day Mm -hmm. and then I got back into it um into last like I guess last fall into the summer like this past summer Mm -hmm. um and it was, it was partially because of work, but also because of, like, just personal issues I was dealing with. And that's the story that is told in cool. Dust Motes. Cool. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. And, and uh, how did how did that relationship start? Like, did you oh. they reach out to you? How did... um, well, actually, Eric Rosner, who is one of the guys who started it, mm-hmm. um, he and I had a class together at Columbia, like our awesome. first or second year. Yeah. Um, and so we just, you know, hung out and he was, he was actually doing a web comic at the time. Cool. Which he has since discontinued. I think it, it had like 12 weeks of running and, uh, <laughs> and he's moved on to like, like, it's funny to see how artists drawing styles evolve and mm-hmm. his, his drawing styles definitely changed, mm-hmm. um, for the better. It's, it's funny looking back at those old stories. Yeah. Um, not saying they're bad. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, if Eric is listening, progression. I'm not to no progression. I yeah. mean, even Upward even in shows always. like like if you look if you watch early seasons of say Doug, the yeah. the style really changed. Sometimes it's interesting with that stuff too to see the way that that like they're drawn. I know that I prefer watching the early seasons of The Simpsons. Oh like yeah, that's another one, one that has four. absolutely yeah. progressed in in how it looks. Yeah, I just the way it used to look, where you can tell it was drawn by hand, mm-hmm. and and it like 
you know, not every, it's not very clean looking. Mm -hmm. Like I like stuff like that. I think that's another thing. I think it's interesting too. And I think that that shows in your style as well. I think you have a more, uh, a style closer to those early seasons. Yeah. Yeah. That's the other thing is like, you can tell how a person or like the kind of things that a person likes to look at because of the way they make art. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, and so uh, so Eric and RJ started, RJ Casey is the other half of Yeti Press, and they started a publisher together. Um, I think Eric, or RJ approached Eric one day and was like, I want to start publishing comics. Like, who do you know who does comics? And he told he told RJ about me, and RJ had seen some, some of my stuff through Eric, and I was kind of probably in the middle of doing that year of comics. Uh and then, you know, long story short, I finished it and then kind of tried to put them out myself for a little while, but in like little 30 page booklets. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, they were like, hey, let's do it. You That's know, so cool. Took but, a gamble. But you kind of, so you, you started into it without really knowing what it was going to end up. It's Yeah, I started doing that, that comics and that was kind of a way to train myself on how to to make something every day and how to That's, do comics. <laughs> I just feel like that accountability is essential yeah. for, for creatives. Like if you're sitting around and, and not forcing yourself to create, you know, anything to write or yeah. to, to draw or, you know, to perform, it's just, you're only holding yourself back. That's awesome. Yeah. You it's have like, to everything set goals for yourself. Falls into for place. Sure. Yeah. That's really cool. Um, well, uh, why don't we, uh, come to a close here? Let's let's put a little button on it. Let's (laughs) let's button it. Uh, I know you've spoken to this, but, uh, let's, let's boil it down. Uh, how do you feel like, uh, cartoons and, uh, Nicktoons specifically, if you want to speak to that, I feel like we kind of, we, we breached a, a pretty wide range. Yeah. Um, have affected you creatively and how do you feel like they've affected your life in general? The, uh, the MBSing button question. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Uh, to be meta about it. Um, uh, I mean, listeners my life. Yeah, exactly. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, almost every, every day I still watch like that yeah. stuff. Like even, even before I was like trying to get through all the old shows, uh-huh. I there's there's actually uh, a, sh- a, a, a website online where you can stream old Nickelodeon shows just twenty four seven. Nice, totally random. Oh, so, cool! So they'll throw in like Pete and Pete and Clarissa explains it all and stuff like that. But even like like Keenan and Cal and all uh-huh. that and all that stuff. Uh-huh. Um, it's called NickReboot.com. Cool. I think you have to have like a you have to like log in somehow. Nice. But yeah, so I watched that like at least for. I just found out today that uh, do you know who Neil Brennan is? He's on a recent episode of The Nerdist. He wrote for. Um, he's a comedian. He wrote for the Chappelle Show for a really long yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. Okay. He's most closely associated mm-hmm. with Chappelle. Uh, he wrote for Keenan and Kel and all that. Yeah. Before he wrote for <laughs> Chappelle, cool. and I was like, that is awesome. Yep. <laughs> it was such an odd trajectory, but I guess it makes such a sense. strange like like that. 
that weird like in your face style of yeah, writing right. was but like he, from so, all that mm-hmm. which which you can I mean you can kind of see the connection too uh-huh. I guess yeah I mean it was I guess it's similar sketches except written for adults as opposed yeah. to or at least you know older people right uh but still pretty pretty ridiculous right uh, where you can actually like you know address race and, yeah. and say dirty words yeah <laughs> and uh it's not like a giant ear of corn a <laughs> or you know people slapping each other with fish and stuff right. like that that was a uh, thing too uh, but he, um, he, he wrote for Singled Out for a while, and then he started Oh, he writing. did? Mm-hmm. Is that how he knows Chris Hardwick? Mm-hmm. Okay. So they knew each other from back then, and then I think, like, right after that is when he started writing for Nickelodeon. I just that's thought that so was an funny. interesting tidbit, speaking of that was not one of those, knowing. That's how... one of those things where, like, if I could go back in time and, like, be a part of any, any, like, movement, it uh-huh. would be early 90s cartoons in Nickelodeon. Like, that's I would, cool. I would want to be, like you know, uh, a storyboarder on, uh-huh. like, Rocco or something like that. That's awesome. Yeah. Sorry for the interruption. But no, no, no. You I... watched a lot of Nick Reboot before you were oh, specifically oh. going and rewatching. Just all the time. Cartoons. Yeah, like, I still, like, probably, when I get home, I'm just, it's just background noise. Like, it's, yeah. it's stuff to, it's it's kind of like, like, putting on, like, a record that you've listened, listened to a million times. Mm-hmm. It's, like, something that it can be playing... And you, it's it's subliminal too. Mm-hmm. You don't even realize that you're what you're hearing, but like then you, it just reinforces all that those those sense memories. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, how do you? Are there ways specifically that you can see that affecting your cartooning? Um, yeah, actually, I've been writing a lot recently about my childhood actually cool yeah and and just like kind of like embracing referencing this stuff yeah like i i did a i did a comic recently like a it's a it's a single page strip and um i think it'll be in new city newspaper cool. yeah like in a week or two but I, re- I, did, I there's a Dragon Ball Z reference and nice it, like i feel like sometimes you need to own it cuz then it, it makes you're more honest with your readers, mm-hmm. and as opposed to glazing over it and someone going, uh, "This yeah. seems like." <laughs> yeah, it seems like maybe he he's into cartoons, but like yeah. you know, like everybody has these these shared memories, and I think that's another reason why the '90s nostalgia thing is so big right now is because uh-huh. we all know there's that underlying sort of like ether of we all know that we watched all these things uh-huh. we all know that we experienced all these things uh-huh. but we don't know how to express it to each other right because we are of a generation where like we had i love the 80s we had i love right. the 90s like yeah we, we have to sit there and talking head about it uh-huh. we can't we can't just say like yeah it's weird like you, you can't have just to, have a conversation about you know that episode of Hey Arnold that right. I watched recently. And really exactly. Liked. <laughs> Which we both knew. Right. Yeah. And it, I remembered exactly why I liked that show so much. Do you much. remember where you were the first time you ever saw it? Maybe oh, not that gosh. one, but like, is there any specific memory you have from being a child? And like, Ugh. I have a Hey Arnold one that I remember. I, I can't, I know the only places I ever watched cartoons, well, that's not true. The main places I watched <laughs> cartoons were in my living room and in my brother's room because I didn't have a TV. Okay. So most things were in my living room, uh, like after school, right. before my 
before my parents would like watch whatever they were going to watch. Right. And then sometimes, uh, if they were watching something that like I wasn't old enough to watch, or if it was like on the weekend when my parents were home and they were watching something in the living room that You're I didn't want to watch, room. I would go into my brother's room and watch stuff in there. I, I can't remember a specific time like taking in a certain episode of something. I do specifically remember watching the um, Rugrats Hanukkah special for the first time yeah. because I didn't know any Jewish people and I did not know what Hanukkah was and I was just like, it was so literally informational. Like, <laughs> they talked about, you know, why Hanukkah exists and like what the miracle of the like the mm -hmm. lamp oil that lasted eight yeah. days when they didn't think it would last one. And the Maccabees. Or the, is that yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. Uh, I think that's... Judah the Maccabee? Uh, I can't remember, yeah. but yeah, they did episodes about both. Yeah. No, and that is Hanukkah. That is the Hanukkah I thought one. so. I yeah. thought so. Because yeah. they did Moses for Passover. Right. And, and that was such an interesting thing to me. Like, how did I, I didn't know about this thing and a cartoon taught me about it. Right. Like, <laughs> I just, I, I mean, this, I guess maybe it was just where I grew up. I, I didn't know any Jewish people and I didn't realize that it was like as, big uh, a religion and, right. and, and and a culture fairly prominent religion yeah <laughs> and and i just didn't know like yeah. I, I i grew up in you know the white south basically mm -hmm. and 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 you know new my concept of different religions was like baptists presbyterians <laughs> episcopalians you know and there's no like baptist christmas or rugrats christmas baptist special right <laughs> Well, as far as I was concerned, there didn't need to be. Yeah, right. <laughs> anyway, uh, what, what's your specific Hey Arnold memory? Oh, um, oh, it was, uh, the, I remember seeing, they did, they did, like, a musical episode about Carmen, the opera Yes, Carmen, I know and, exactly uh, what you're talking about. Uh, <laughs> yeah, actually, oh my god, that's so weird, we referenced that on, on OC Dweeb, too. Really? Yeah, I think it was, yeah, that's, that's weird. See, that's the thing, is, like, I'm, I'm caught in this endless loop of regression. <laughs> um, but I remember exactly where I was, I was with my parents, and we were, uh, that was the other thing, is, like, we, I, we only had a TV with cable on it mm -hmm. in, my, in the living room. The other mm -hmm. one was in my parents' room, and it was only used for, like, I had a Super Nintendo that I could play. Oh, on. nice, yeah. Um, and... I remember sitting on the floor uh, and our dining room or our kitchen or our, uh, living room table, like our coffee table was pulled up like right here to, to my chest and we mm -hmm. were eating dinner mm -hmm. and um, I had asked them if we could eat dinner in front of the TV because I remember that special was going to be on at oh. like 7 o'clock at night yeah. or something <laughs> yeah. and we were a family who always, you know, sat in, at the dinner table and, mm -hmm. and like I remember after school it was like I would watch Nickelodeon, I would do my homework. I would watch cartoons for yeah, a little yeah, while, yeah. and then dinner would be ready, and I'd be like, but it's like time for cartoons. Dog. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and then we would go sit down. Mm -hmm. uh, but this time, so like, I was sitting there and like watching, and my parents are like, do you know what this is? What this is? And yeah. I was like, it's Hey Arnold. And yeah. they're like, well, they're, like, do you know what Carmen is? And like, it's Hey Arnold. <laughs> you know, and and actually there was there was a girl in my in my class I had a crush on too, and she was a grade above me, and and Arnold had this girl that he liked who's right. Ruth. And, yeah, Ruth and McDougal. I, was, I like immediately associated it with that too. Yeah, yeah, I totally. 
I totally related to the the crushes that they wrote into that show. Do you remember when they went back and you find out that Ruth like is actually kind of terrible? Yes. Yeah, yep. and, and the Valentine's Day episode. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they uh, good le- another good lesson. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Um, I that Hey Arnold Christmas special is oh one yeah. Of, that's I just would so, feel remiss if we didn't bring it up at I some point. I forgot about that. It's one of the best like Christmas things mm-hmm. I think. I I was totally serious like with the Mr. Wynn storyline, yeah. the Helga storyline. It's just really and it's, really it's, good. It's heavy like it he is. escaped it's the sad. Vietnam war. Yeah. Like and she, he is reunited with his daughter. Yeah, it's win. so cool. Yeah. It's so cool. That's a that's one of my Christmas traditions. Is I have that on cassette and I watch that. That is awesome. Yeah. I've watched it almost every year for the past few years because they just show it. Yeah, they'll uh, play it a lot. Yeah, it's so good. It makes me cry. I know. <laughs> hey Arnold really was one of those ones that went to the depths of like uh-huh. of like sadness, mm-hmm. but like was also really light. Like Doug was always kind of very kind of righteous. Yeah, I can see that. It was more about learning how to be kind of like a, a just a polite and like mm-hmm. not polite in a in a, like it was a geeky surface way, level. Yeah, it was it was just like learning how to be a good person. Yeah, like yeah. how to not be a jerk and like own up for things that you do wrong uh-huh. and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and and Hey Arnold was a little bit more. That's like, a real. Here's what happens when things get dark in your yeah. life. Yeah, like, yeah. You can still really be cool. cool. Yeah, I liked it a lot. <laughs> Uh, cool. Thank you so much, Kevin. Yeah, thank you. This was you. great. Kevin. Yeah, Mary Beth. I love you and I mean that. <laughs> Aw, This has been a Nerdalogs production. For more on the Nerdalogs and our shows, please go to www.nerdalogs.com. Thank you all. Thank you all. I am Grabbot23548X.